what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Guys, he's never seen the movie. I, And I've told you that. I know. Like, I didn't get any prep. I know that it's up to me to research the film, but like... Why would I prep you when I know full well you read ahead as you're watching the movie? Like, you'll be on the Wikipedia page as it's happening. All right, all right. Regardless, I was uncomfortable for two hours. How could you do this to me? How could you cause me one second? Of inconvenient discomfort. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. It's okay, bud, because you know what? It's just a movie. It is just a movie. It's just, guys, oh my God. <laughs> Let's get uncomfortable. <laughs> what are you eating? I'm eating Gilbert. <laughs> Gavin came up to me with like a fake pad in his hand earlier, and he goes, Welcome to Gilbert Grapes, where you're what's eating Gilbert Grapes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's too good. He needs a chair down here. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we're not going anywhere. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week, we are talking about the 1993 film, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? What is eating him? It's a lot of different things. (laughs) It is, honestly. Oh, it's so much. Before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing those three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little summer watch party. Tell them about the Patreon. There has never been a better time to give us your money. Indeed. Guys, for just $5 a month, you too can be a little onion contributor at the $5 level. We've got all of our bonus content over there waiting for you right now. Just got to hit the link. Just got to click it. Do it now. Do it right now. Guys, we're doing Mad Men this month. I know. Oh, my God. I know, and I hope it's going well. Because <laughs> we're in the past right <laughs> Future now. us. I hope we're doing it justice. Like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can't wait. That's exciting, guys. That's all, all of our long-form coverage, all of our outtakes, all of our shooting the shit, all of our little game shows we stack against each other. They're all waiting for you over there. We've got a year and a half worth of content over there for you to listen to. You're guaranteed two posts a month, guys, for just $5. Be a little onion contributor. <sighs> all right. Oh, man. I got three words for you. Yeah. Box office bomb. Oh, no. Yeah, everyone fucking loves this movie, right? Like, oh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? We should watch that. No. <laughs> Not unless we want to be uncomfy for two hours. But here's the thing. It is a fine film. It's a good movie. I just personally thought it was super uncomfy, and maybe that's by design, and if it is, great job. I think it is by design, Because we've got a very interesting production crew with us here today. (laughs) We'll get more on that in a minute. Andorra. It's a town where nothing much ever happens. This is where I live with my family. Doctor said we'd be lucky if Arnie lived to be 10. I could go at any time. Arnie, don't be rude. Some days you want him to live. I kill him, Gilbert. I know, buddy. Okay, son, come down now. Bye! Some days you don't. When is this gonna stop? And then there's Mama. That's my mom in there. 
You see, with Mama, there's no nice way to break it to you. She's not all that big, Gilbert. I saw a guy at the state fair who was a little bit bigger. I haven't always been like this. I haven't always been like this. Gilbert, I'll need to delivery later. If nothing ever happens here, it's those lobsters, isn't it? Why does it always happen to me? Sometimes I just want to stick her head in the oven and turn on the gas. <laughs> I got nowhere to go. Gilbert, please don't disappear. We're taking him in. We've warned you, we've warned your sister. They say there's a reason for everything. My oh. son! Give me my son! Maybe someday I'll figure out what it is. You know how they mate? The male will sneak up on the female and she'll bite off his head and the rest of his body will keep on mating and then when they're done, she'll eat him. It made a million dollars. Is that all? A million. Wow. Ten million dollar budget made eleven million dollars. 118 minutes. I know. <laughs> this movie's a lot. We're trying. We're gonna try and not keep you here all night because it is sad. It's a Christmas movie. Stop it! I hate it when you do this. December seventeenth, nineteen ninety-three. Oh, baby, second Christmas. Your second Christmas. <laughs> yeah. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Not the coming of age drama. Oh. Who comes of age? <laughs> Nobody. Or well, Arnie does. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we've got Lassa Hallstrom with us. If I butchered that, I'm so sorry, Sweden. <laughs> I'm so sorry. God, he's our director this week, guys. Lassa Hallstrom, uh, Lars Hallstrom? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's come funny. on, Lassa Hallstrom, right? Yeah, no, that's how that looks. I'm showing her the phone. Like... <laughs> Again, Sweden. I'm sorry if I messed that up. But it's like, the umlau. He doesn't know how to cope with the umlau. <laughs> you know, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director in 1985 for My Life as a Dog. What? Yeah, no, it's definitely a Swedish drama. <laughs> and um, I don't even know. Like, look at the poster. Like, I, What the hell? I have no idea what it's about, and I don't have time. Here's what I do have time for, though. The director of this film, Lasse Holstrom directed every single ABBA music video. Oh, my God! Yeah. Oh, my God! Because he is friends with ABBA. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> Super Trooper. Yeah, he got to do all of that. I know. Aren't you envious? And what's eating Gilbert Grape? What a weird cross-section of work. Anyway. But you know what he also did? Tell me. Chocolat. Oh, Chocolat. From 2000 oh. with Johnny Depp. Gross. Where he plays the guitar and is hot for the chocolatier. Oh, it's so hot until you learn how gross Johnny Depp is. Uh, okay, folks. We are talking about the contented misery of Midwestern life yeah. in Little Endora, Iowa. This film is based off of a novel by Peter Hedges. He also writes the screenplay. Hey, that's why it's so good. So, yeah, no, it, it, 
very Steven Spassky, am I right? Exactly. Like, yeah, no. You know, I'd say Iowa looks beautiful in this film, but it was shot in Texas. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to focus on our titular protagonist today, Gilbert Grape. Yeah. Who lives in Andorra, Iowa. Very small, nobody town. In the uh, Guys, Iowa is flat. <laughs> It is the flattest U.S. state. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say that again. The, the flattest, flattest U.S. US state. state. I can't with the this whole plot. It's so uncomfortable, guys. This poor twenty-something-year-old guy is living on the on the on the plain of Iowa. <laughs> and Dora. That's where we are. That's where we are. <laughs> Indianapolis, you gotta live somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, no John kidding. Green. Anyway, but the like he's living with his morbidly obese mother and his anal sister and his younger sister and his developmentally delayed younger brother, mm-hmm. Arnie. And a lot happens. And at the same time, not a lot happens. Yeah, no, that's the thing. The way it's maximizing all of the minutiae of Midwestern life. It's just this... <sighs> <laughs> it's this wound tight young man's existence in this town yeah. with a bunch of weird shit happening around him and to him. Yeah. Oh, we have a lot to unpack, so we must move on. <sighs> Folks, you might have guessed, but we've got names. <sighs> Please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming as Gilbert Grape. We have the one, the only, the problematic, Johnny Depp. Oh, brother. Johnny, you're oh, you're so good on screen. And yet a disappointment to us all. But the character you play in real life is honestly whack. <sighs> oh, like I, I know you were we know you weren't always this way, Johnny. We know that in our hearts. But you are now. <laughs> and god damn it. Guys, we know Johnny. We know him well. He's from Tim Burton everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time. We had him with us when we did Corpse Bride. Yes, indeed. And he's going to be with us later this year in October. He is, isn't he? Yeah. He is. Oh, guys, just wait. <laughs> oh, we will be in our wheelhouse. Please welcome him back to Kicking and Streaming. He was just here with us last month when we did Jay Edgar. Mm-hmm. Please welcome him back, Leonardo DiCaprio. He was, of course, with us when we did Titanic. Carrie, we, we're going to have to do the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo, and Juliet. <laughs> I know. We're just going to have to. I don't make the rules, okay? And the Baz Luhrmann, Great Gatsby? Um, Yes, that is definitely going to be <laughs> happening as well. You know what? Let's just do a Baz month. A Baz month? You want to do a Baz month? Oh, my God. Moulin Rouge, Great Gatsby, Romeo and Juliet, and like something else. And I know there's another Baz. Also, The Revenant. Also, what's that called? Oh, Revolutionary Road. Yeah. With Kate Winslet. Where they're in the tub. Wolf of Wall Street and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't like Leo getting close to Tarantino. (laughs) It's just not a good He's already gross enough not dating anyone older than a zygote. But, like... (laughs) That's a science joke. Oh, my God in heaven. But, yeah, no, he is playing Arnie Grape. Arnold Grape, who is developmentally delayed and... God bless his soul, kind of a problem sometimes, but they love him to death, you know? And I love that. I absolutely love that. Portraying Becky, (laughs) Rebecca, because that's all we get. Please welcome her back to Gigging and Streaming. We have Juliette Lewis, as in 
Natural Born Killers, yeah. Juliette Lewis, which is also a whack movie. Oh, no. Which was released, I think, the year before this. Th- that movie's hard to watch. It's the movie that inspired the Columbine Massacre. Yeah. So, like, I... Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. Like, but guys, she was with us when we covered August Osage County. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, she's Karen. She's a middle sister. Oh, God. Yeah. You know you shouldn't consider children. <laughs> We're going to Belize on our honeymoon. Isn't that nice? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. But Kate Fear, my Mm. stepmother is an alien. (laughs) National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Like, Juliet, we love you. I'm glad you're around. Ooh, she's in the act. And the Evening Star. Yes, yes, indeed. I love that movie. I love Juliette Lewis. She's big. She's big to the gays. She loves the gays. <laughs> oh my goodness! Please welcome her back to Kicking Streaming as uh, Betty Carver. <laughs> Lonely housewife Betty Carver, who married way too young. Yeah. <laughs> Please welcome back Mary Steen Virgin. She's been with us a number of times. She was with us when we covered Elf. She was with us when we covered The Help. She was with us when we covered She was with us when we covered Philadelphia just last month, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're having a lot. We're stringing a lot of coverages together this year. I want to have a Mary Steen Virgin summer. Like, you know. <laughs> that makes no sense. I know. I, did, I have no idea what you mean by that. I love her in Orange is the New Black. Oh, when she plays Porn Stash's mother. Yeah. They handed me my son in the hospital and said, ma'am, you have a difficult child. Good luck. Oh, no. (laughs) God. All right. As Bonnie Grape, Arnie and Gilbert's mother, Bonnie, we have Darlene Cates. Yeah. Please welcome her to Kicking and Streaming. She's not been in a lot in her acting career. Uh, R.I.P. Darlene, she's been gone for about six years now. Yeah, she died in, like, what, 2017? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. At the age of 69. Yeah, no. And just the thing about Darlene Cates, guys, is she is a morbidly obese actress. Yeah. And, you know, like, morbidly obese is in the people we make fun of on television yeah. as a society. And, like, she is really, I mean, I'm not saying there's no acting required here, but that's just the kind of mm, uncomfortable thing about Bonnie's role is that they cast this actual big person in this role. I just feel like it was an uncomfortable paradox to create for that actor, but like at the same time, it really hits at home. Yeah, it does. Her existence prior to this movie was not unlike Bonnie's. Yeah. And like the the production team literally plucked her from an episode of Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah, where she's already being exploited for how big she is. You yeah, know? Like, I know. Uh, it's so much. But she gives a wonderful performance. And I think that it's very touching. And she got to do a couple more things before she passed. She didn't until you know, the last decade, but, you know, she had this and then she kind of disappeared and then she was in a couple of things yeah. in the past decade, God. but yeah, I know. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace, Darlene. It, this was, this was wonderful. Uh, playing uh, Gilbert and Arnie's sister, Amy, we have Laura Harrington, <laughs> who is more of a screenwriter than an actor, actually. She's adorable. I know. Isn't she? <laughs> she was in Maximum Overdrive from 1986. <laughs> Ah, no! Which was written and directed by Stephen King. <laughs> and she's Emilio Estevez's love interest in that movie. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Also, um, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension <laughs> from 1984. Oh, 
That sounds like something an AI made up. Uh, she's also notable for being in Quantum Leap. Oh, I love Quantum with, Leap. With Scott Bakula. <laughs> Portraying Ellen Grape, Arnie and uh, Gilbert's younger sister, we have Mary Kate Shellhart. Wow. Shellhart? Shellhart. We have Mary Kate Shellhart. <laughs> Look at this. How many different ways? I'm not crazy. You can pronounce this a few different ways. Yeah, you could. You could. MKS plays <laughs> Ellen. Uh, she is also notif- notable for portraying um, Barbara Lavelle in Ron Howard's uh, 1995 epic. Apollo 13. Oh, okay. I, she's one of the kids. I think she's one of Tom yeah. Hanks' kids in that movie. I think she is, too. Oh, my God. Tom Hanks, Philadelphia, <laughs> Forrest Gump, and then Apollo 13. Yeah, he had a banger of a couple years. The mid-90s were about the TH, I'm telling you. <laughs> As Kenneth Carver. Oh, boy. Yeah, this dick. <laughs> we have Kevin Teague. If you see Kevin Teague, you know his face from things. I know you do. Uh, he was he got his film start in 1967's The Graduate. Oh, right. Yeah, he was an extra. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But also The Hardy Boys and The Nancy Drew Mystery, Six Million Dollar Man. He did a lot of late 60s, early 70s television. Go ahead, Ross. Go ahead. Guess where I know him from. Um, Is it Law and Fucking Order? <laughs> Law and Order SVU. All right. Episode called Avatar. He's Giles Corey in the premiere episode of WGN Salem. I love that show. That show's underrated. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. I know you like that show. You made it clear that you like Salem. There's just nothing to not like about that. All right. (laughs) It's got a bunch of hot people in it. It's high drama. There's witches. He's definitely also in the West Wing. Yeah, he is. You know, idiot. Oh my God. (laughs) He's got that West Wing looking face. Oh my God. Several Law and Orders. He's in Freaks and Geeks. I don't have time <laughs> i hate ken i know I I, i'm glad Stop. never mind don't spoil it <laughs> don't spoil it as tucker van dyke taught me um <laughs> we have john c Riley, a 28 year old john c Riley. please welcome him back to kicking and streaming it has also been kind of a john c Riley summer yeah no i don't know what it is we've done uh walk a... or walk i almost said walk the line walk hard we did walk hard the dewey cox story he was just with us in chicago uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago yeah you know um he he's in a lot here's the thing he's in a lot of movies that I like, and I don't think about that enough. I know, I know. Like, you He's know, Mr. Cellophane. Yeah, like Boogie Nights and Magnolia and Licorice Pizza and Gangs of New York and The Aviator and The Hours, which we did mm-hmm. on main feed. He's also the voice of Wreck-It Ralph, guys. So we love John C. Riley on this podcast. Any slander will be harshly dealt with. (laughs) We also have Crispin Glover as Bobby McBurney. Oh, Lord. Yeah, uh, I guess he works for the local coroner. He's the mortician. He's a mortician, but he's friends with Gilbert and Tucker. Oh, yeah, also Tucker is Gilbert's friend. Uh, Yeah, no, yeah, they're a weird uh, little threesome. They're buddies, yeah. Crispin Glover, he's George McFly. From Back to the Future. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Oh, it's been so many years since I've seen that. Yeah, no, but we also know him from Charlie's Angels. (laughs) He's also in, oh, he's in that hot tub time machine. (laughs) Not the hot tub time machine. I've always been interested in that movie. (laughs) Never have ventured as far as to view it. No, you're kind of afraid a little bit. Yeah. I I sure am. I don't want to, but I like Bobby. 
He's so <laughs> the best part of this film for me. Gilbert, it's this, it's this trio: Gilbert, Tucker, and Bobby. <laughs> it just is. We've got Penelope Branning as Becky's grandma, and that's about it. We have to get started because this is a two-hour movie, and I have to let Carrie drive. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, guys, like we said at the top, we are in Andorra, Iowa for this movie. And uh, my first note literally is a lot of flat, boring nothing out here. It's flat. It is the flattest state. (laughs) And like, guys, you know, like we said, we are really looking at the contented misery of Midwestern residents. And we very much identify with this. We live in the heartland. So, yeah. like, the actual heartland. So, it's like, the thing about growing up in the Midwest, guys, is that you know there are cooler places out there. Yeah. You know it, because you've been to them. Yeah. You've been to cooler places, and you're like, God, I wish, while you're there, you're like, God, I wish I was there. And then you realize you miss home uh-huh. a lot. Yeah. And then, like, when you're right back at home, you get right back to that feeling. Like, I know there's cooler places out there. And I want to go to there. But this place, it could be so much worse. It could be. And that is the vibe of the Midwest. That's why, like, we're miserable, but we're content because we know it could be worse. Yeah. And it's a fine place to grow up. Not a lot of great voting happening here <laughs> in the heartland. Oh, Lord. Well, this is not the heartland. This is Iowa. But it is still part of the Midwest. Yeah. And so, like, you know, this is this is so Midwest- this is the kind of Midwest wasteland where you have to invent your own fun. You know what I mean? Indeed. You, Growing up in Indiana, do you want to go for a drive? Woo! <laughs> Hot damn! Yes, I do. Do like, you want to go to the Circle K, get Polar Pops, and then hang out in the parking lot? Do you want to smoke three packs of cigarettes at Riley Creek? <laughs> Gross! Do you want to walk through Pot's Ditch to that old cemetery? <laughs> Do you want to go geocaching? <laughs> and the uh, fun du jour. Do you, do you want to go hang out at Taco Bell? <laughs> yes. Or steak and shake. Like, guys, we're not lying. You, this is my favorite. You guys want to go walk around Walmart? <laughs> for something to do? Inventing your own fun. You guys want to go get kicked out of Walmart? That's the, <laughs> that is the thing. And the fun du jour in Endora, Iowa today is watching a caravan of campers drive through the county. Indeed. And this is where we get Gilbert and Arnie, right? Yeah. They're on the side of the road, right? Watching these caravans pass by because literally this is the peak of activity in this county. Gilbert, that's them, huh? Gilbert, look at them. No, they're going here. Ah. <laughs> Gilbert is for some reason singled out to have charge of Arnie. Yeah. I don't know it's because he's the oldest boy, but obviously their mother is very big and she can't get around very well. So Arnie and Gilbert are mostly together all the time. Yeah. Because Gilbert is way more mobile than his mother and therefore can keep tabs on Arnie all the time and I feel like this is a role that was just kind of thrust upon him mm-hmm. and we can all sense the um content resentment in Gilbert about it yeah because Arnie is a handful God bless his soul he doesn't know better he does not know better 
And it's a lot. It's a lot for this young man to carry. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to make sure he eats. He has to bathe him. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to curtail whatever may be happening in any given moment. He has to constantly be watching him yeah. in case he misbehaves. That's exhausting. It is exhausting, especially <laughs> for a young person who has major third parent syndrome. Oh, no. When they're watching the caravans go by and you can hear the escapism in his voice. My brother Arnie's about to turn 18. My family's planning a big party for him. Watching the campers is our yearly ritual. They're doing the right thing, just passing through. (laughs) My favorite thing about this sequence is when that very last camper in the caravan comes to a stop when the truck dragging it just sputters and quits. (laughs) And we cut to this pair of women popping the hood. And Ross, this is my favorite thing. Did you notice the backdrop? They're not outside. You're kidding. They're against a cloth backdrop. And Ross, the backdrop has wrinkles in it. The sky has wrinkles. I was wondering what that was. (laughs) I thought they were just in front of a building or something. No, no, the sky has wrinkles because it's cloth. What, do they just not get that take that day? Yeah, there's a bunch of reshoots. The ending shots are like that, too. Mm. Yeah, I think those were just reshoots. Lassa Hallstrom, what are you doing, buddy? What about all the ABBA money? (laughs) We only had $10 million and we had wrinkled skies. And this is Becky and her grandmother. They are nomadic type people who, with their own camper, follow this caravan of campers around the country. And due to car trouble, they will now be stranded in Endora for at least a week. Becky is strange on a first impression. She is. To me. Like, you don't like... She's wise beyond her years, but also very socially adept. She's your early 90s manic pixie dream girl, you know? A little bit, yeah. So put a pin in Becky. We'll come back to her later. And God, guys, this this narration hits me every time. Endora. Endora's where we are. Describing Endora is like dancing to no music. It's a town where nothing much ever happens. And nothing much ever will. Like, when we're getting all the shots of the town, all these rinky-dink places like the drugstore called End of the line drugs. Endora of the line drugs. Like, that's so. Oh my God. It's like when you're going to Galveston. Yeah. It's mile marker zero. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> like, no, the, 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 the misery is palpable even in the setting. Like, make no mistake. Everyone who lives here is miserable. Some are just better at hiding it than others, and they all cope with it in different ways. This may be the only place in existence where it's possible to die of boredom. And, like, people are just stuck here. I think you're you're being a little harsh on Andorra. Like, I I, I don't know if everybody's miserable. I think there are some content people there. Name one person who lives here who is not Tucker's not miserable. Well, Tucker's got... Crispin's not miserable. He's got a rough job. It's because that's what I'm saying. They are miserable. They are coping with it by virtue of those things they like. Just the little scraps they get out of life. Yeah. And like you said, even though Gilbert's all of 22, Gilbert has to support his family by working in this small grocery store, one of these mom and pop joints. Lampsons. Lansons. Something like that. They're, they're, They're not doing so hot because... 
There's a new food mart in town over by the interstate. Oh, it's a chain grocery store. Yeah, and it's hard to compete. <laughs> Foodland? Like in Stranger Things, when they bring in the mall. Yeah. And then all of the stores in downtown are going under. Like, Gilbert's got a lot of responsibility because of his family situation. We've already met little brother Arnie, who's about to turn 18. Oof. But because of his intellectual disability, Arnie's cognitive age is, I don't know, I'm feeling a five. Doctors said we'd be lucky if Arnie lived to be 10. Well, 10 came and went, and now the doctors are saying, any time now, Arnie could go at any time. <laughs> oh. Some days you want him to live. <laughs> Some days you don't. Leo does too good of a job. I know. And I, uh, it makes me so uncomfortable. It, yeah. It makes me super uncomfortable. And like, And, like, I get it, but at the same time... Like you said, this is a nuanced conversation yeah. about a non-disabled person portraying a disabled person. But if you actually cast somebody who was intellectually disabled at that level, what are the ethical implications of doing that? Exactly. You know, so... Ew. It just it was one of the major reasons I was so uncomfortable the first, the first time around. Number one, it's uncomfortable, just to begin with, because that's a lot to deal with mm -hmm. for anybody especially the disabled person, yeah, you know? And then, you know, second of all, it's just, I don't know, man. It stuck with me the whole way through. I know. It, it was hard to get through watching him play this role. And older sister Amy does most of the mothering in the family. She's got to be like 25 years old or some such. She's cooking everything. Yeah. She's cooking the fucking curtains. Like, she... <laughs> She makes all that damn food. Yeah, and then we have little sister Ellen, who's 15. Yeah, she uh, plays the trumpet. Ellen's a brat. She is a brat. <laughs> she is a brat. And the thing I always forget about is that they all have an older brother named Larry. Who? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's such a throwaway line. I have an older brother, Larry, but he got away. <gasps> He got away? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Like we in the penitentiary or something. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, guys, it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable existence for Gilbert. And then their father is deceased. He actually died by suicide when he hung himself in the basement of their farmhouse. And then we have Mama Bonnie. And, guys, what, no, yeah, what does Gilbert say about his mama? And then there's Mama, who in her day was the prettiest girl in these parts. Ever since our dad was hung out to dry 17 years ago, Mama's had her hands full. You see, with Mama, there's no nice way to break it to you. She hasn't left the house in over seven years. Something's up mentally with Mama. Because she hasn't left the house in seven years. She hasn't left that couch in who knows how long. And as a result, has become quite large. While that alone does not make her a bad guy in my book, it really does irk me. The way she leans on these older children to not only run the household, but also take care of the younger children. Big people like this, folks, they're human beings. Yeah. That's the only thing that really matters. But also, their quality of life can be very poor. And... I think it's important to feel sympathy for these people. Mm -hmm. Like, you can do all the blaming that you want. Trust me. 
the big person has done enough of it already. Yeah, like she, even if she wasn't big, just the fact that she lives on that couch. Yeah, no. Spends all of her time in front of the television, sleeps on that couch, eats in front of that couch. She is stalled in her life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Oof. Bless her heart, Bonnie. And everybody in this movie, especially her, really leans on Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert's doing everything. Gilbert's bringing in the bread. Gilbert's the one watching Arnie all the time. Like, no, you, And, like, it's not even just his financial help and his child care. It's also people go to him for reassurance about things, like his boss being all insecure because Foodland is chipping away at their customer base. Is it Foodland? I said Food Mart. Yeah, no, I? it's Foodland. Foodland. It's Foodland. Pardon Foodland. me. Pardon me. <laughs> it's those lobsters, isn't it? Scads of lobsters all in a tank. Am I right? You know, you shouldn't worry about it. It's just a phase. People will come back here, believe me. You think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The way you say that makes me think I'm talking to your father. Gilbert has to tell him, oh, I don't think you have to worry about that. Like, you know, that you're two different things. And, like, why are you leaning on this young person to make you feel better? Exactly. And he's not the only one. It's time to talk about Betty Carver. Okay. Betty Carver needs a delivery. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Getting your groceries delivered in 1993 is honestly insane. <laughs> yeah, this married woman in town orders groceries from this particular grocery so that Gilbert can make deliveries. And boy, does he deliver. Oh, yeah, no. He comes over all the time with groceries and then has sex with Mrs. Carver. He leaves. Arnie in the truck on this delivery and she pushes her two small boys out in the front yard so they can go in the kitchen where she will let Gilbert bury his misery in her misery. And then, guys, when the husband rolls up... Ken! <laughs> it's Ken! And, like, you think there's gonna be this confrontation, but this man, this husband, is paying so little attention to his own family that he wouldn't know he was a cuck if you tattooed it across his chest. Really? Because I thought he was super aware of what was going on. Oh, no, Ross, I don't think he has a clue. Well, then why does he make him... Why does he continually try to corner him then? Because he wants his business. Ken is an insurance salesman. Oh, is that what it is? It, yes. I thought he wanted to get him alone so he could beat his ass for bawling his wife on the slide. <laughs> no, he just wants to sell him a policy. Bye, Gilbert. Bye. Gilbert? Come by my office. We need to talk. Okay. Is that literally all it is? Yes, I, I misread that entire thing. <laughs> no. I thought he kept trying to get Gilbert alone the whole movie so that he could fucking confront him. Because that's how Gilbert sees it. Gilbert always thinks he's five minutes away from the... <laughs> Finding out? Yeah. <laughs> he always thinks he's five minutes away from the ass-kicking of his life. Yeah. Um, well, this is super risky, Gilbert. I guess this is Gilbert's outlet. <laughs> yeah. Is Mrs. Carver, mm. Betty. And guys, listen, 1993 marries Dean Virgin. <laughs> I'm sorry, she's kind of hot. Yeah. But then manages to not be hot at all that same year in Philadelphia. Yeah, I know. As what was her name? Belinda. Belinda, this bitch <laughs> Belinda. Gilbert is trying to make a quick escape from her house when he realizes 
that Arnie's not in the cab of the truck. Yeah, because Arnie likes to look around, and Arnie likes to run after things that he wants to do. And the police cars are flying down the street, and Gilbert knows exactly what's happened. Carrie, the distance this kid can get. I know. In such a short amount of time. Guys, he's climbing the Andorra water tower. Yeah, he ran all the way back to town and is now climbing the Andorra water tower. This is one of his favorite pastimes. Yeah, I know. And it really upsets the local law enforcement. Well, the thing is, he could very easily injure himself, and he's very high up in the air. Oh, man. And he's just, he's having the time of his life. He's waving at everybody. Oh, yeah, a crowd of people has gathered because Arnie does this all the time. This is an occurrence. This is a regular occurrence. This is like a Sunday matinee for them. Arnie? Whoa! I'm not gonna fall! Whoa! 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 Hey! My Judah fell off! No one has anything better to do, so they're congregating, including two of Gilbert's friends, Tucker the Handyman and Bobby the Funeral Director. Indeed. I think they went to school together. Yeah. I, that gives me the vibe, Carrie. I'm sorry. Tucker? I just want to be his friend. I just want to get to know him. Uh-huh. I just want to get to know him. Uh-huh. He seems really sweet. And then maybe he could top you later. And he's very cute. <laughs> yeah, Tucker's pretty okay and normal. He's just easily fixated. I bet he smells like summer corn must. <laughs> Bobby, on the other hand, is weird. Yeah. Because he's a funeral director, right? Yeah, and he's just got the skinny on all the... All All the dead people. All the stiffs. (laughs) The skinny on the stiffs. (laughs) He's always eager for people in the town to die so he will have business. Like... (laughs) (laughs) And he really likes what he does. He likes the science. (laughs) He likes the intrigue. Like... And Becky from the caravan, remember? Yeah. She's also here with her bike watching this whole caper take place. Yeah, and like, you know, Gilbert knows how to handle Arnie. Yeah. And he gets on the megaphone that they have (laughs) because the law enforcement is trying to coax this poor child down. I know a boy whose name is Arnie. He's uh, about to turn 18 and have a big party. I know a boy whose name is Arnie. Come on down, buddy. Come on. It's so cute. Yeah, it's it's endearing. It, it made me super uncomfortable. <laughs> but when they finally get him down, finally. Yeah. And he's like, okay, you know, and like <laughs> they finally get him down and the police are like, we should, we should do something about this. Like, <laughs> yeah. We sh- and Gilbert's like, I got him. I got him. It won't happen again. I promise. And they're like, you know. We've heard that. We've heard that several times. <laughs> There's only so many times we can very publicly allow someone to commit a crime and not do anything about it. You can see the embarrassment on his face that this is happening again. But, like, once Arnie finally gets down, he's not hard on him at all about it. Because why would you be? Arnie does not know better. No. And, like, you know, I just, especially in the beginning of this movie, like, Gilbert takes such good care of Arnie. Tucker comes by the farmhouse after dinner to help Gilbert fix the breaker box, and they're chatting about this restaurant that's coming to town called Burger Barn, and, like... Oh, the roof. 
The roof, the roof is flame broiled. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> like, this is one of the most exciting things that's happened in this zip code for like 10 years, this restaurant coming to town. Burger barn. <laughs> yeah. Moo. <laughs> and we see on the road in front of the house, there's this small group of little kids gathering. And one of them, this little boy, actually walks right up to the house. <laughs> and Very Boo Radley fashion. Yeah, no. <laughs> Gilbert sees this kid and literally goes over and picks him up so that he can see in the window to the living room where his mother is sitting. Yeah. Oh, it's gross. And then... So, yeah, guys. Uh, then the, the kids like to come around and see the local legend. Yeah. The gigantic woman that lives in this house. Yeah. And the way Gilbert just voluntarily let him get a look. I know. At his ver- and, I, and I know it has everything to do with Gilbert's resentment. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with Gilbert's resentment. He's already got his kid brother. Mm-hmm. And then he's got his mother, who's also a you know pariah yeah. or a local legend or whatever. Oh, you know that house you know out there on Route whatever where there's the colossal mother and the kid that will never stop climbing buildings. You know, yeah. Like, his family is talked about, and it's uncomfortable for him because he has to manage all of it. And then that kid runs away screaming, "I saw her! I 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 saw her!" That was nice. What? What'd I do? You know what you did. Oh. It's your mother in there. Your mother. I know. Doesn't really think much of her these days. Like... I get it. She's making his life hard. And I get... Yeah, no. I totally get it. Not even because she's big, but because she's not engaging. You know what I mean? There's a lot that's not being talked about. Mm -hmm. Or that has not been talked about in their family life. And guys, that's how family life gets uncomfortable. Yep. You don't speak. Exactly. Gilbert and Arnie go to lunch with Bobby and Tucker the next day, and Tucker is still talking about this damn burger barn. Because like I said, nothing ever happens. And this prefabricated restaurant, which is apparently an unheard of thing at that time, when restaurants were like ready-made to go, it's arriving on a flatbed in a couple of days. Yeah. And it's like the new hot job that everybody wants. And like, it's just like, wow, nothing ever happens here. Nothing. Uh, Not a thing. And this is where Gilbert lays eyes on Becky for the first time. She's out front with her bike. Uh Uh-huh. And like, he's taken aback. He's like, oh, a woman my own age. (laughs) What a concept. This I can work with. (laughs) Like, no, later when he's working in the grocery store and she's in there just trying to buy some toilet paper and he's kind of following her around the store. Yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) He about jumps out of his skin when Betty pops up out of nowhere like toast. Like, I need a delivery later. (laughs) She says, it's our anniversary. Um, (laughs) ma'am. Ma'am, you have two children. Uh, You are married. But before Gilbert can run out and do that, Lanson tells him to help Becky with her groceries because she's on a bike. You know, she needs help getting back to the field where their camper is just parked. She's so 1993 dateable. I know. (laughs) I'm just saying. She's adorable. And, like, they're all crammed in the cab of this truck together, Gilbert and Becky, and Arnie's sitting between them. When Arnie's like, I'm going to have a big birthday party soon for my 18th (laughs) birthday, and you're not invited. No, but that's not the first thing he says. I could go at any time. Shh. Arnie. No. Any time. 
my mom wants to come become 18 and I'm having a big a big party Holly Gilbert. Yep. When is that party coming? Six days. Six days is my party and I'm coming 18. I'm 18 and you're not invited. Arnie, don't be rude. Oh, it's okay. He's just being honest. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way that Becky has absolutely no problems with Arnie from the get-go. Yeah, Becky's not put off by him at all. Like, she thinks he's sweet. Meanwhile, Gilbert is dying of embarrassment in the driver's seat because this pretty girl sees his family acting weird. But, like, it doesn't bother Becky at all. And even as the audience, Becky sets us at ease. Yeah. And, guys, this next scene is upsetting. Everyone sat down to dinner in front of the couch because that's literally what they do. They drag the kitchen table into the living room for every meal so they can all sit together. Yeah, and, with mom. Yeah, with, with mom. Oh, God. And they're talking about Arnie's birthday party. And 15-year-old Ellen is talking with her mouth full of bread. And Gilbert just asks her to please not do that. Yeah. Like, you're disgusting me. And Ellen takes it super personally, like he's trying to be her dad. And she gets snotty about it. Oh. Okay, Dad. Ellen. Sure thing, Dad. Will you <laughs> cut it out? Okay, Dad. Sure thing, Dad. That's nice. Stop it, you guys. Don't start. <laughs> Dad's dead, Ellen. Gilbert? Gilbert? I can't believe you shot that. And then the thing is, is that that sends Arnie into a cognitive loop. Yeah, where he won't stop saying the thing that was said. He just keeps repeating it. And of course it's upsetting, Mama. Mm -hmm. Like, this was a very horrible thing that happened in their family. And Arnie won't quit. They can't get him to be quiet. And she stands up and stamps her foot and slaps the table. on his hands and knees cleaning up spilt milk mm. and he can see when she stomps her foot the floor bowing from under her yeah oh it's not it's good not good and he calls tucker to come over and assess things because tucker's a jack of many trades and listen i don't know a lot about carpentry but i know enough to know that their father definitely did not build this house right. Yeah. Because he built it with his own two hands. And just from listening to Tucker explain everything that's wrong when they're down at the basement, like, Dad didn't use the right wood. He spaced all of the uh, support beams out too far. Like, this is this is not good. Tucker's going to have to help him replace a bunch of joists or something. I don't know what a joist is. Joists. <laughs> so the floor won't fall in. Yeah. And no one ever wants to go down there. Because that's obviously where their father hung himself, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That uncomfortable moment when Gilbert's trying to get Arnie to go down there, and he just goes, uh, I don't want to go down there, Gilbert. Please. No way, no way, no way. You, go down there, Gilbert. What's your problem? Dad's in there. Ooh. Shh. Ooh. Shh. Dad's in there. Shh. Arnie, shut up. Arnie. No. Oh, it's bad. I can't. Carrie, it's so uncomfortable. I know. What the fuck is wrong with you? I, <laughs> you're mad at Why me. Why is this? Uh, <laughs> happy summer. 
I know. <laughs> Don't y'all. Cat's dead. Happy summer. Oh, stop. Uh. The next day, I guess it's Ellen's turn to watch Arnie, even though she's all of 15 and smaller than he yeah, is. Yeah, sorry. No one, assi- no one should be assigning Ellen to watch Arnie. Because they're in town, and Arnie wants to climb the water tower again. And again, sh- he's bigger than she is, so she is physically having to knock him down so he won't climb this water tower. We're going to Don't touch. What don't am I supposed to do? Try to climb it again. I don't care. Just get out of here. Just get out of here. Let me see, buddy. Come on, let me see. And Gilbert sees it happen, and he gets real upset. He's like, "Oh, you made him bleed! You made him bleed! That's great, Ellen." And then when he's patching Arnie up in the grocery store, mm-hmm. this breaks me. Now, what does Gilbert say? That if anybody ever hits you, or even just lays a finger on you, what are you gonna do? Arnie, hmm? You're gonna tell me, and then I'm gonna take care of it for you, right? And why will I take care of it? Gilbert. Hmm? Because you're Gilbert. Because I'm Gilbert. Because nobody hurts Arnie, right? Oh, that's nice. God, like it's it's so much for a young uh, person. It's so much. He and naughty, but we love him. I, oh, yeah, like oh my God. And who put the? Also, why is there no Arnie duty for Amy? I, I Not mean, that we see. Not that we see. I'm sure Amy does her part. She also probably has a job of her own. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I don't know. I don't see her working. I also don't see Gilbert's meager stock boy salary supporting that whole family. So Yeah, yeah. And then the scene when they bring all the groceries home and Amy is taking the groceries out of the trunk and she's actually reprimanding Gilbert for not keeping a better eye on Arnie. And she's like, listen, no, you got to do a better job. And he's so shitty with her. And the whole time, Arnie is on the porch sing-songing to himself. We're not going. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. It's this stuck feeling that we're all getting seeped into, you know? And the whole time in the background of this scene, Ellen is practicing the trumpet, acting like she did nothing wrong. Yeah. And being a shitty little bitch about it. When she flips him off. Oh, she's playing the trumpet in this little deck chair and in the grass, and she just flips him the finger. And he's in the cab of the truck, and he throws it in reverse. She barely gets out of that chair in time for him to run over it. Like, the resentment is so deep. I mean, I get it. Like, there's a lot to be uncomfortable about. He has no thought for himself. I know. None. And it's like, they're all so tired. They're all so tired. How on God's green earth could they possibly be expected to have room to love each other? Exactly. Oh, my God. Gilbert gets fed up, and he goes out to where Becky and her grandma have their camper parked. And, like, she's hanging laundry, being all folksy, and they're parked by this big, beautiful willow tree in this pond. It's It might as well be a postcard. It's, like, the nicest place in that town. Mm-hmm. And, like, he stays with them and has dinner and, like, 
even though they are the farthest thing from a, quote, normal family, like, they're nomads for crying out loud, he still feels more at ease with them than he does with his own family. It must be incredibly frustrating then to be stuck here in this place in Endora. This place is as good a place as any. Think so? She should know. Becky's been just about everywhere there is to go. Places I didn't even know existed. I'm a worldly kind of girl. And this is what's so special about Becky for him. She's been everywhere, done lots of things, whereas he's like never left this town and he's never done much except take care of his family. It's kind of like the way that Tucker is obsessed with this stupid restaurant coming to town. It's like Becky is his restaurant. She's the new thing in town <laughs> that is exciting and different from everything else. And not only is she well-traveled, but Becky's also very intelligent. She's got a lot of thoughts about what really counts in a person's character. Like, outer beauty is only temporary. And, like, there's just so much more in life that's important. And he's just... I think he really is flabbergasted with how deep she is. Yeah, no, like, that's the thing. He's ma She's making him think uh -huh. more than he's had time to think, Uh huh. you know? I'm not into that, that whole external beauty thing, you know? Because it, it doesn't last. Right. You're, you know, eventually your face is going to get wrinkly and get gray hair. Sure. Your boobs might sag, <laughs> you know? So what? what you do that really matters mm -hmm. right yeah sure and like he takes her to get an ice cream cone at the dairy dream the dairy dream d-r-e-m-e <laughs> dreme like guys you've all seen one those shitty little you know random out of the way ice cream shops that always have the best stuff uh, unionized now <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> oh and they're spotted by betty in the car in the drive-thru oh mrs carver doesn't like it <laughs> pretty young new thing on the scene <laughs> You're threatening my faux relationship with this young person from the drugstore. <laughs> Becky, get out of town, Becky. Oh, the two of them can't get in that cab fast enough. <laughs> They're watching the sunset together, which is very sweet. But then Gilbert realizes that he has to go home and bathe Arnie. Like, it's time for Arnie's bath. And he goes back to the house and he puts Arnie in the bath. This is one of his responsibilities. He has to put Arnie in the bath, make sure he gets washed, take him out, dry him off, you know, things you would do for a small child. And he's so ready to get back to that pretty girl. He's like, you know what, buddy? You're such a big boy. I bet you could do all of this yourself. And he's like, yeah, sure I can. So he's like, okay, here's all your stuff. I I'm going to go now. Gilbert goes back to watch the sunset with Becky and they walk around talking all night, talking about how she's always been moving around because her parents were divorced. And, you know, he's having to tell her about the fact that his family never goes anywhere. Yeah, no, we're here. This is where we are. Yeah, they never move anywhere. They're, this is a no-progress household. We don't really move. I mean, we'd like to, but... My mom is sort of attached to the house. Attached is, I guess, not the right word. She's pretty much wedged in. 
Uh, oh, Gilbert. Yeah. Gilbert, I get that you're resentful, but come on. Uh, like, like She needs help. She needs help. And that's the thing. Nobody would have known how to deal with that. Not with that giant cross-section of problems. Yeah, not definitely not this 20-year-old man. Yeah, exactly. Like, sorry. And so he finally drops her off back at the camper site in the middle of the night, and he goes home, goes to sleep, and when he wakes up the next morning, he goes into his and Arnie's bathroom, and Arnie is still in the bath. And no one made sure he got to sleep. Yeah, because that's all. But Tuckin is also Gilbert's responsibility, and he's just been sitting in that bathwater all night, freezing. Oh no! Oh, Arnie, come on! I'm sorry, Jim. Come on. Um, here, here. You okay? You okay? You okay? This is the beginning of Arnie's irrational fear of water. Mom is so upset. We've got to do better. You've got to do better, Gilbert. Where is your head lately, Gilbert? And like, guys, we're back at Betty's. It's delivery time for Betty. She was making cookies with her boys, but the moment Gilbert rolls up, she pushes them outside again. And then Betty does the most unhinged thing. Because he's unloading groceries, and she goes, Gilbert, could you place a call for me? I've got cookie dough all over my hands. And she's like, just press redial. And he presses the redial button, and it rings, and it rings. And she takes her sweet time cleaning her hands off. And when the person on the other line picks up, it's her husband's insurance office. Hello, Ken Carver here, Carver Insurance. Hello? (laughs) Hello? Mr. Carmen? Who is this? Uh, it's Gilbert. Gilbert? <laughs> well, I've given up on you, Gilbert. No, did you? Well, yeah, can you blame me? No, no. She thinks this is funny. She's like giggling, unbuttoning his pants while he is like tap dancing through this phone call with her husband. Like, it's just a great big laugh, even though she's actively risking them getting caught. Like, she's filleting him while he's on the phone with her husband. I'm sorry. I don't know if... I don't think that Gilbert is totally down with this. You don't think so? I think he's being harassed. Okay. I think it's something he willingly entered into and is finding it very hard to willingly exit. Yeah. You know, like... I get it. He's got to go do the delivery, wink, wink. Yeah. And that for his job. Because what happens when Gilbert pulls away, Ross? Like, when he actively pulls away from her, is like, I've got to go down to your husband's office. We can't do this anymore. It's that new girl, isn't it? No, it's your husband. He wants me to come to his office right now. If you walk out that door, don't you dare walk out that door. The good news is that this meeting that Ken wants Gilbert to come down to his office for... Like, even though Gilbert's sure they're caught at this point, Mm -hmm. Ken really just wants to sell him insurance. He's low-key threatening him with his home situation. Like, what if something ever happened to you, Gilbert? How would your family possibly go on? Ken Carver, you predatory beast. Uh, I swear. Oh, my God. You sad, poor dope. And then the phone rings, and Betty's on the line. Mm. And she's crying. And again, Gilbert is sure. She's telling him about their affair? No, she's just throwing a tantrum to get everyone back to the house. Yeah, she wants him to come home 
And, like, he doesn't have the car. She has the car today. So he has Gilbert give him a ride back in his pickup. Awkward. Oh, the Ako Taco situation that then forms when they get back because she's on the front porch. Mm. There's a kitchen fire going. And she's not doing anything, anything about, about it. it. Her children are inside. Yeah. Well, she's a terrible mother. I know. She's a bad mother. I, I, uh. And like when, when Ken can't make Betty stop crying, he tries to get the kids to cheer her up. And when they can't do it, he starts getting angry with the kids because they won't play in the little kiddie pool he bought them. Like he's actively picking these kids up fully clothed and making them sit in the pool. I'm sorry. Ken snaps. Yeah. Like this whole, he just starts getting super, um, I'm sorry. I'm not, not super angry, but like he's getting angry. He's getting upset. Like, like this is the kind of thing these kids are going to tell their therapist about in 20 years. Because when Gilbert can't have any more of it and like finally get, when he's trying to get the car started. And it won't start. And the truck started as Betty is approaching. (laughs) She goes up to the cab and she goes, I could have had any guy. Any guy. What do you think this is? But. Doc, come over here. What? I chose you. It is a pool, I chose you. I got your real pool, for God's sake. Why did you? Get inside the pool. Yeah, look. Real water, boys. Okay. So I don't, I don't give everything. Because. I give you all I have. for I knew you'd always be there. Because. Because I knew you'd never leave. Oh, because Gilbert will never leave Andorra. Oh. Which is like the vibe, isn't it? Yeah. This whole movie is that he has nowhere else to go. He's trapped by a lot of different problems in Andorra. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. And then, like, the thing is, this goes from zero to a million. Because it's later that night, the family is watching a movie in front of the TV, and Ellen comes into the room, and she goes... You know, Mr. Carver? Oh, I've never met. Oh, he's dead. What? <laughs> That's such a moment of narrative whiplash for me. Because, like, wait, wait a minute. He was alive six hours ago. So explain to me what happened here. So apparently, later that night, Ken, standing over the kiddie pool in the front yard, had a cardiac infarction and Which is such a silly term. It's a heart attack. Yeah, just yeah. He has a heart attack and falls forward into the pool. And drowns. And drowns when we cut to Bobby in the diner demonstrating with the bent spoon and the ashtray. And he's like, because he's actually, he prepared Mr. Carver's body. Yeah. So he knows exactly what's up. He had the cardiac arrest. His head bent forward. His knees buckled. And then he just <laughs> fell face forward into the pool. When she found him, he was already dead. That's what you don't know. That's what nobody knows. <laughs> he's, he's when he's trying to explain the science of you in public. He's <laughs> yeah. Like, Come on. He's talking loudly in Bobby. this diner. <laughs> and like somehow this death is not ruled in any way suspicious. I would have had more questions. Like, if those cops knew about the affair between Gilbert and Betty... Yeah, yeah, with your little headcanon about... (laughs) They would have had more questions for Gilbert, I'll tell you what. (laughs) This is not law and order. I know. Not everything can be law and order, I'm sorry to tell you. Just like I know, not everything can be West Wing. (laughs) 
And Becky shows up outside the diner because she's noticed Gilbert and Arnie in the diner. And, you know, she's basically there to say bye because she's in town to pick up the car part they need to fix the truck. Yeah. And she and Gilbert are both kind of depressed because this means they're going to have to move on and they have to leave Endora, leaving Gilbert behind. Yeah. And by the way, I think it's super badass that Becky's grandma fixes the car herself. Oh no, um, I'm with Becky's grandma. Becky's grandma for president. Um, <laughs> she fixes. She don't need no stupid mechanic. She's gonna fix this truck herself. And Gilbert is trying to help her get it started after she puts the new part in, and it just won't turn over. That's because Gilbert hasn't put it in correctly. You think? He's actively stopping them from leaving Andorra. <laughs> she can't figure it out. Because he doesn't want Becky to leave. Becky's the most interesting thing that's happened to him in a long time. Meanwhile, Becky is playing with Arnie. She's in the pond trying to get him to come into the water with her. Yeah. But he won't. He's afraid of water now. Yeah. And when she can't get him to come in the water, she starts teasing Gilbert. She's like, oh, are you afraid? Okay, Carrie, how can you possibly be laying down for long enough for Arnie to have run back to town again (laughs) to climb the water tower? No, that's the thing. They get so lost in their own little conversation about what Gilbert wants, right? Because Gilbert never wants anything for himself. He doesn't know what he wants because he's never really thought about it. He's never had time to think about it. It's for everyone else, Gilbert's existence. And they're so deep in that conversation that they don't even realize Arnie's gone missing again. This time, guys, Arnie got on top of the water tower. He's on the tippy top of that thing. Where he could die, he could go at any time. Yeah. Anyway. And, and like, the firefighters have to get him down with the cherry picker. And when they bring him down this time, the cops are like, okay, too much is too much. I'm sorry. We're not. No, no promises. We're a Arresting him. He is 18 years old. And the way he has no idea what's going on. I got him. Mm. We're taking him in. It's not going to happen again. I promise. We've warned you. We've warned your sister that the next time is going to be the last time. Run the lights and play this siren, okay? Play this siren for me. Way to go. Yeah, and he, Arnie's just like make the flash for me with the with the police car lights, and he he's wants like, them to turn on the siren, play play the siren for me. He says, like, oh, it's so tough, and he's waving in the back window of the sheriff's car, like, <laughs> oh man, and like. I don't think Gilbert really knows what to do in this situation. He's not his legal guardian. No, like Gilbert goes home and he's on the phone with the sheriff pleading them to just let Arnie go. He doesn't know from these things. And then they're just like, well, you know, the law's the law. So due process and all that. Like, And Mama's sitting on the couch. And this was the last thing I expected her to say the first time I watched this. She just puts the remote down and goes, get my coat. What? Get my coat. Get it. And the kids are staring at her. And they're like, you want to you want to leave the, the the house? They take themselves to the to the to, to the courthouse, right? In town, but guys, this tiny vehicle Aww. that also belongs to them. Not the truck. No, this is like a like a sedan. When we see the shot of them driving to town and half the car is on the pavement. Yeah. I'm just like, we did not need that. We did they did not have to put that in there. And when we get to the courthouse, guys, it's like 
you know, Gilbert doesn't want her to get out of the car. Yeah. He's like, just wait there. I'll, I'll take care of it. And she's like, because he doesn't want anyone to see her. I know. She's already enough of an urban legend. Well, rural legend. <laughs> and oh. she gets out of that car, cane and all. And there, the literal crowd forms as she's walking into the courthouse. And then, like, she goes into the sheriff's office. And basically just yells the cell door open, you know, like. I don't think you guys understand. It's going to. Look, no one's going to do a thing. Until you go and sit down outside. Jerry! Jerry! These people are flabbergasted that they're even looking at her. Yeah, they're like, I can't believe you're out of your home right now. No one's seen her in almost a decade. And, like, I think they just kind of, they know not to say no. So, I mean, I don't know what it is that makes them just let Arnie go. They're probably afraid of her. I mean, it could be. Because she's screaming at them in their office, and she's a big lady. Jerry, I've come for my son. Bonnie, you'll need to fill out some papers. No! No! Police procedure required. my boy, Jerry. But, Bonnie, you have to My son! Give me my son! They let him out. They let him right the fuck out. Like, oh my God, Darlene in that scene just, wow, really. I know, good acting. Really punches through me. And it doesn't stop there because when they go back out into the street, a a bit of a crowd has formed to watch her walk back to the car. And it's devastating. Like, there are people staring, children snickering. That one old gentleman takes a picture of her. I know, her, I know. And you can see you can see the light going out behind her eyes. How awful this is. Because I mean, the fat phobia is real. And then on top of that, she looks like a circus attraction to them. Yeah. And not like a human being with thoughts and feelings and anxieties. And that just, wow, I could not imagine a worse day for for her. Like, I, my heart hurts so bad for her. And then the next note I have is not Arnie disrupting Ken Carver's funeral because the burger barn is coming down the road next to the cemetery. Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, we're at the funeral. <laughs> oh, and no. we're burying Ken Carver and... <laughs> Betty is in the front row all in black pretending to cry. The funeral veil. And the priest, whatever. (laughs) The minister, I don't fucking know. The Christ guy is doing the funeral. Here comes the burger barn on the flatbed. Arnie is sitting on his father's grave. Hanging out with dad. Yeah, playing around in the grass. And then, then, yeah, here it comes. The actual (laughs) burger barn on a truck. Where you have led the way. That we may at length fall asleep peacefully here. in you. Look at here. Wake in your likeness. The, the God Look. of peace who brought Look again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this is insane to me that this is a thing that happens. <laughs> that this restaurant came fully built on the back of a flatbed? Or the fact that we can move buildings like this at all. I know, right? You know, there are city blocks in New York City. We're all, they've actually turned whole apartment buildings sideways. (laughs) Like they've turned it so it'll be on the next block so they can build something bigger in the middle of the block. It's crazy. The whole building. Yeah, I know. They just build a system underneath (laughs) it and they just pick it up. We'll just take (laughs) Bikini Bottom and push it somewhere else. Like, God, I'd love to have a private thought. uh, 
And so Betty and the kids come into the grocery store later that day, and this is where she casually announces that they're going to move away because everybody thinks she murdered her husband. Whatever. Where's that true crime documentary? <sighs> Stop at the head cannons and what's eating Gilbert Grape. <laughs> More I... like, what's harming Ken Carver? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We're going to St. Louis. I can't stay in that house. My friend. I really am sorry about you. Everybody thinks I killed him. Do you? No. Even when she asked him what he's going to be doing with his life, now, he really has nothing to say about it. And I don't know if he knows how to feel about it either. No, like... I think it's kind of wild to him that this woman is now moving on, and he's just going to be stuck here. I just love... I just, I love the way Johnny Depp embodies this zapped person. You know, no energy, no thought for themselves. They're just existing, catering to everyone else. The next day, the next day, Ross, is the grand opening of Burger Barn. It just blew into town. And they've already having a grand opening. It's a twister. It's a twister. <laughs> like they're having like milkshakes and burgers. Yeah, and, and, and the way Tucker's like, with this burger barn hat on, he's like, do you like it? It's good, right? And they're like, it's food. <laughs> yeah, no, Tucker got one of those coveted, you know, line jobs at the burger barn. Yeah. Oh, my God. And like, it's really cutting edge, <laughs> says says Tucker, with no sense of irony. Like it's too it's too funny. Now instead of smelling like soybeans, he'll smell like bean oil, <laughs> or some such. Yeah, some such. And Becky shows up to the grand opening to tell Gilbert that Grandma finally fixed the truck. Yeah. And they're going to be leaving tomorrow, the day of Arnie's party. And and you know Gilbert's like, well. I already dissociate from so much. I'm going to dissociate from this. Yeah. You know. Gilbert's being very standoffish about it. Like I couldn't possibly admit to feelings. Yeah, she wants him to tell her that he doesn't want her to go, but he's not even going to risk the possibility of feeling anything about this because he doesn't have the spoons. Because he can't go anywhere. He can't go anywhere. He's going to collapse into himself like a dying star. Under pressure. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Shut up. Because this birthday party is tomorrow, Arnie is gonna have to take a bath. He hasn't had one in, like, three or four days. Yeah. He stank. And, like, Gilbert's chasing him around the house, trying to get him to cooperate. And Amy, poor Amy, who I'm sure has been in the kitchen all damn day, making this multi-tier birthday cake for Arnie's party. And Arnie. Crashes into her. another one i can't we have to have a cake gilbert i don't have time to make another cake exactly and that means it's time for gilbert to make an emergency venture to food land to get a prepped cake yeah because i mean honestly if the lanson grocery sold prepped cakes that's where he would go yeah but they don't and when he comes walking out of that food land with that full ass cake in the box 
And Mr. Lansom is quite literally sitting in his car watching him walk out of Foodland. Why are you there, Mr. Lansom? Why are you there? Just to feel sad about things? And then you're there's your one employee walking out of Foodland? When they make eye contact, I, I just, feel it. Just another way Gilbert's, air quote, not doing enough. I know. And I just, uh And what, Ross, tell me what's super frustrating about this. About the cake? Yeah. The second cake? Yeah. Doesn't Arnie also ruin it? Yeah, they put it in the fridge and tell Arnie not to touch it, and then later that night, he comes into the living room with cake all over his fingers. Oh, and that about does it for Gilbert. He snaps. Yeah, Gilbert decides uh, to, yeah, well, I don't know if it was a decision. Oh, no. He snatches Arnie up and carries him upstairs and is trying to force him into the bath. And Arnie is, like, pulling on his hair, trying to do everything he can do to avoid this tub. And he just kind of smacks the shit out of him. Yeah, he cracks him across the face a couple of times. Gilbert! No! And like, guys, instantly, he's so horrified. And then he just, you know, runs out of the house and gets in the truck and drives away. It's like the moment he smacked Arnie, he also smacked himself and like just kind of snapped out of it. And he's like, oh, shit. Yeah. What have I done? Yeah, not the child abuse. Oh, no, like, no. And like, he didn't mean to do it. He just did everything in his life is literally, ah, you know? Like, He's the one who told Arnie, if anybody ever hurts you, you come tell Gilbert. Now there's no one to tell. Oh. It was Gilbert. It was Gilbert this time. Like, Gilbert's contemplating running away forever. Like, he drives... <laughs> now this... leaving Andorra. Yeah, like... he drives to the city limits before he finally turns the truck around. And because nobody's watching Arnie, Arnie literally runs out of the house all the way to the camper site because that's where he thinks Gilbert's going to be. With Becky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, like, when Gilbert finally rolls up to the campsite, he realizes that Becky and Arnie are playing together in, in the, the pond. pond. Somehow Becky managed to calm him down enough to get him to jump in the pond with her. Or Gilbert smacked the phobia right out of him. I mean, it, it, either sorry. or. <laughs> I don't think that's it, but... And like Gilbert just he can't even he can't even go up to them. He never makes his presence known while Arnie's there. He just kind of watches them play from behind the trees until Ellen and Amy, who've been out of their mind sick with worry, are out looking for him in the car and they finally roll up and pick him up and take him home. And like and it's the way that Becky just comes back and is like, if you think I can't see you over there, <laughs> yeah. Like goes right to him, right to where he's <laughs> hiding in the trees. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, she knew, but she wasn't going to make him feel weird about it. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, of course, Gilbert's beside himself. I hit him. I hit him so hard. He's going to be okay. You don't hurt Arnie. You just don't. And he goes, I got to go. And, like, he's walking away from her, 
and she stops him to give him a hug and he just breaks down crying. Yeah. I got nowhere to go. Oof. Oh my God. Oof. And that's when they finally, and that's when he finally sits her down. To have the conversation. Uh, Let's do it. Let's do the trauma dump. Let's, you know. He finally tells her about his father, about how he died and how he died so suddenly. And his mother couldn't handle it. She was in shock for years. And she just kind of stopped living. She let everything go. Everything. Every single thing. And put so much burden on her children. And. He's also talking about how his dad was so distant from them. Even when he was alive, he couldn't get his dad to play with him or laugh or smile. Sound familiar? You try to play with him, you know, get him to play around, get him to laugh or get him to smile or get him to, I don't know, get mad. But nothing. Just like uh, he was already dead. Like I said, every character in this movie, except for Becky, is living in their own kind of misery. And I think the nothingness that they live in, the the non-existence they live in, just makes the misery that much worse. And that's why he's so comfortable with Becky, because she's just the antithesis of everything he's become used to or numb to. And like she's able to conjure up some kind of major feeling in him. And, like, they stay up all night kissing and cuddling and talking, and they fall asleep on the grass together. It's very Midwest romantic. She agrees to come to the birthday party that day, but the thing is, they're also going to leave. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's going to be a very emotionally charged day. He wakes up that morning. He's like, God damn it, I got to go home. I got to go home and face my family. And, you know, at the at the birthday party. Arnie is dressed in his Burger Barn best. I love it. I love it. BBB, Burger Barn best. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Arnie, it's like nothing happened the night before. Yeah, Arnie goes, and because Arnie likes to hide and yep. likes to listen to them look for him. <laughs> Where's Arnie? Yeah. And he's like hiding in a tree in plain view. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Oh, God, They're tussling on the grass like it was any other day. Yeah. <laughs> Except now Arnie knows how to hit. That's something they're going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about making nice with Arnie. We've also got to make nice with Mama because Mama's pretty mad. We've not been treating Mom very well, but at the same time, Mom also has things to answer for. Like so... the deep neglect that they've faced over the years. And we... yeah, when he goes inside and talks to Bonnie, she's like, listen, I know that I'm a spectacle. I know that you're ashamed of me. And he's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not ashamed of you. And I don't want you to ever feel like I am again. I never meant to be like this. I never wanted to be a joke. You're no joke, Mama. I never wanted to be. You're no joke. You're no joke. This scene makes me hurt so deeply because you know, it's not that it's not that she's big. That's not the part about herself that makes her feel ashamed. It's the way people treat her. 
that makes her feel ashamed. And also, she does acknowledge the immense burden that she's put on all of her children. She says, I can't imagine what it's been like for you kids, which is super validating yeah. and exactly what Gilbert needs to hear. Exactly. And listen, parents in those times were not good at taking their own personal inventory like that. Don't you dare challenge me. Don't you dare point out a flaw in my parenting. That's the way most parents were. And, like, she's just not that way about it. She gets it. She understands it's been a bear for all of them. Gilbert goes back outside and sees Becky's camper coming up the road on their way out of town. And they slow down and stop by the party so they can say goodbye. And that's when Gilbert decides, in that moment that he's going to introduce Becky to his mother. Because up until this point, she's been like, I want to meet your mom. Yeah. You know, you've met my you've met my grandma. I want to meet your mom. And he's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. More like, I don't want you to meet her. Exactly. This is, this is a brand, this is a, this never happens. She hasn't seen anybody that's not her family in seven years. And he brings Becky in the house and says, mama, I want you to meet somebody. And she goes, no! Oh my god, no! No! <laughs> Ma, come on. You knew there'd be police? I didn't know there'd be cameras. Stop. <laughs> uh, I could not be seen on television at this prison. Wait. And then Becky's like, no, Gilbert, it's fine. We can do this later. And he goes, no, this is what I want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard that yet. Uh-huh. Didn't know if we were gonna hear it. Just this once for me. Gilbert, it's okay. We can do it later. No, this is what I want. Do it for me, please. This is different. Nobody's gonna laugh. I'm not gonna hurt you anymore, Mama. I promise. This is how important this girl is to him. Like... Which is wild. Yeah, I know, right? Like, if he has to put his mom through this in any capacity, he wants it to be for Becky. Like, that's how important she is. And once again, Becky sets Mama completely at ease. Yeah. Because think about it. She's sitting there, Mama is, on the edge of that bed, and here comes this hairpin of a human being. Yeah. Like, one of the thinnest women in Hollywood at that point. And Becky walks up to her and shakes her hand. Mama, this is Becky. Hello. Hi. I haven't always been like this. I haven't always been like this. (laughs) And Becky goes, I haven't always been like this. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, it's like Becky's whole affect this whole time has been like, why is everyone so uncomfortable? Yeah. Like she's just a person. Like when like earlier when like, um, you know, uh, Arnie dropped all the groceries on the way to the trailer and uh-huh. uh, Gilbert's profusely apologizing. and Because he's so embarrassed. Yeah, and like, Becky's just like, no, no sorry. No, like, I'm not sorry. She's looking at Arnie, are you sorry? Yeah, and like, there's no need to be sorry. Yeah, like, like it's... you people just exist. Like, there's no need to apologize for existing. Like, like not only does Becky see and acknowledge people, but she also just treats them like they're normal. What's Eating Gilbert Grape starring Juliette Lewis? <laughs> uh, and guys, Carrie, I, you, you've got to take us out. I, like, I you, know. You've got to get through this. Like Becky and her grandma say one more goodbye before they get on the road, and it's very emotional. And this is where my sphincter started to relax because I thought to myself, 
oh good, this movie's almost over. What a wild ride. And then I remember... There's one more wild ride to take. And I became anxious all over again. I'm me, me voice memoing you. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'd like to know what the fuck is wrong with you. Because, guys, after everybody leaves the birthday party, everybody's cleaning up, Mama decides... That she wants to try and climb the stairs. To that bed that Amy always makes up for her that she never uses. And, like, she hasn't done this in years. And she gets upstairs and the kids make her comfortable in bed. And it's just like, why did this happen today? Yeah. Why was today the day that she decided she was going to surmount this staircase? It's almost like Becky's just human acknowledgement of her just made her really want to try yeah that's how i read it like and and it's so it's so much because the kids all leave the bedroom so she can rest and a few minutes later arnie comes in there and he's like mama mama wake up and she she won't wake up guys mama mama wake up You're hiding, huh? <laughs> I know that. Hmm. Pick up. Mama, wake up! Mama, stop it now! Stop, Mama! It's awful. Oh, this... Leo trying to wake her up is awful. He really doesn't understand what's going on, and it makes me want to cry every single time. Yeah, she's gone. It's giving Lion King, like, come on, Dad, get up. Yeah, and um, guys, they have to wait forever for anyone to get there. Yeah, the sheriff and the coroner come out. And then they tell them also that we can't take her out of the house yet. We have to literally bring in a crane to get your mother's body out of the house because she's on the second story. There's no way we can take her down with just the two of us, you know, like. And guys, it's they really do have a problem now because on top of their fresh grief, they are now going to have to contend with an entire event transpiring around their mother's death. Think about, I mean, the Burger Barn coming to town was a huge thing. And now this local legend is deceased and it's going to be a major spectacle to extract her from her family home. When Ellen pipes up and says, There's going to be a crowd. I just know there's going to be a crowd. And like, listen, I've been real tough on Ellen for most of the movie. I get it. I understand why she's a brat. She has no agency at all in this family and is just subject to what I am sure is abject torment from her peers over the fact that her mother is this alleged living circus attraction. And I feel the pain in her voice. She's like, they're all going to know. They're all going to see. You know, when you're 15, it's hard enough. You know, please don't perceive me or I might die. And now an media event is going to, you know, encircle their whole property. And this is the breaks for Gilbert. 
You know, he knows what the world is going to turn his mother into. A colossal joke, no pun intended. Yeah, no, he throws a couple more things around and then is like, Mr. Krabs, I have an idea. Yeah, he's not going to let this happen. He's not going to let this spectacle transpire. So Gilbert and his sisters devise a plan. They start moving all of their belongings out onto the lawn, far away from the house. That shot of Gilbert and Arnie in the empty living room with the gas can in the doorway. Carrie? Yeah. Carrie? Yeah. Carrie? (laughs) You realize what's going to happen. They're going to burn the house down with Bonnie inside. So that no one has to come and get her. So that she's not a spectacle. So that she's not a joke. So she actually gets to retain her dignity in death. And I'm like, holy shit. They took everything out of the house. Yeah. Almost everything. Except for like the drapes. And then let that bitch on fire. Guys, they're standing there watching their mother burn to death in this house. Well, no, burn to, burn, she's already to death. Uh, Watching their mother's body burn in this house, like. And like, it's just, it's just, there's something poetic. Yeah, I know, it's like this release, like, they all suffered in there. Yeah. And it's time to let this chapter be done. The fire in itself is also symbolic for rebirth, change. Okay. Okay. Moving on from this structure that she was wedged and stuck into. Yeah. It no longer stands. And she's not miserable anymore. True. She's at peace and gets to retain her dignity. And, like, while that's all beautiful and everything, my question is, how is this not a tampering with a corpse charge? Because it's 1993 and we don't care about fat people. Okay. Yeah, you're you're right. Mm. Jesus Christ. Okay, we're almost done. On to the part that really makes Ross mad. Because we cut to a year later. What the fuck? And Gilbert and Arnie are waiting by the side of the road like they were at the beginning of the movie, waiting for the caravan again. Yeah. Because they come through the same time every single year. Yeah. And, like, he's giving us all this updated information about how- Where are they now? Yeah, like, you know- Amy's working a new job in Des Moines, and, like, obviously they've moved on from Endora. Amy got a job offer to manage a bakery in Des Moines. Is that them? Yeah, that's them. Ellen can't wait to switch schools. (laughs) Arnie asked if we were going to go, too, and I said, well, we can go anywhere if we want. Becky! We can go anywhere. Becky's coming, huh, Gilbert? Yeah. She's coming. Becky! Becky stopped their caravan and let Gilbert and Arnie get in the truck. Yeah. And Gilbert and Arnie are going to be nomads with Becky and Granny now. I love it. (laughs) I love it, but also... Another voice memo? I'd like to know what exactly the fuck is wrong with you. This movie? What is wrong (laughs) with you? Uh, No, I know. It's so much, because you were like, oh, so everything's just going to be okay now? Yeah, yeah, no, I, guys, that that whole movie, it just made me super uncomfy, but 
I also still really like its message. You don't have to be stuck in the places you were conditioned in. Yeah. You don't have to be. You can go places. You know, I know some people out there, especially from here, you know, who have lived in the same place for literally their entire life and are fine. They are content. They live perfectly happy lives and they like it that way. But I don't know. I just feel like there's expectations that's, you know, people have of themselves to be moving on to bigger and better things all the time. Mm-hmm. Which that I don't think that's exactly the message here. But like, what did Betty say to him? I picked you because I knew you were never going anywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like... And like the thing about his, like, he thought his dad was already dead already. And he's kind of behaving that way. Yeah. Like, he's not even a person. He's just, he's just, a, he's just a meat sack that walks around and talks and takes care of everybody. Yeah. Like he's a robot or something, you I know? I know. It's so much. And, and in the end, that is no longer so. Yeah. He lets, he learns to give a little bit, you know? And when I say he's already giving the most, that's not what I'm saying. He just learns to give of him actual self a little bit, you know? Like give to himself. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, emote. Yeah. You know, like not be such a zapped person. And What's like, eating Gilbert Grape? A lot of things. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of things. And, and now I would like to think that he is eating them back. <laughs> okay. You know, like. And he, he still gets to be, he still gets to take care of Arnie. And like, I say still gets to because I actually do believe that Gilbert likes taking care of Arnie. Sure, it can be frustrating, but he would rather, you know, know where... He would rather be the one protecting Arnie because he does it the best. Sure. And like they sure. they just get to be buddies now on the road with his girlfriend and her grandma. And like, where's that sequel? Do you wanna like quit life with me and go be <laughs> nomads with Juliet Lewis? Yeah, live in a van. I'll call her. Okay, I'll call her. You'll I'll call her. I'll get her up. <laughs> L- Laura knows her. Laura? Laura. <laughs> Laura Linney? My girlfriend Laura Linney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. You call Tom, I'll call Laura. We'll make it a whole thing. Okay. 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 Yeah, because you got Tom's number, right? I do. I do. <laughs> Mr. Hanks. Him and Rita were just over the other night for drinks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, in my wildest dreams. Laura always wants to bring Liam over. And I'm like <laughs> Liam Neeson. He's just Liam Neeson. Like. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. P.U., but also very interesting. Yeah, I love that movie. Yes, it's You love that movie? I do. Yes, it's uncomfy. It makes me feel uncomfy every time. I really love it when a movie can prompt similar responses out of me no matter how many times I watch it. One of Leo's first movies and he gets the Oscar nomination (laughs) and then then doesn't win for several (laughs) more decades. (laughs) Just saying. Ah, But guys, I, I, I will say that thankfully we are closing July out with a dear and cherished favorite. Oh my God. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I can't tell you how excited I am. We're gonna take Harry Potter's birthday off. (laughs) Yeah, but before that happens, we are going to be covering Secondhand Lions. (sighs) Robert Duvall, Sir Michael Caine, Haley Joel Osment. (laughs) It's 
It's gonna be so much fun. I always forget how much fun this movie is until I watch it again. The way Sir Michael Caine is so believable as an old grotchety old man from Texas. I know! I know! It works on every level! Oh my god. You know why that is. Because southern accents are just British accents slowed down. We're gonna talk a lot about some more discomfort next week, folks. Oh, but it's still gonna be fun. I promise. So look out for that next week. In the meantime, you can go follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. <laughs> you can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an N, not an ampersand. <laughs> and don't forget to practice those three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. Whenever anybody comes to join a little watch party. <laughs> More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, Mom. <laughs> Are we done? I couldn't even do it. Oh, my ass. <laughs> His ass is asleep. Oh, my God. <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> I'd like to know exactly what the fuck is wrong with you.